0: Well, good morning, church. It's been a while since I've seen you, and it's good to be back. Um, I want to share a brief report about what's going on in my life before I preach the sermon this morning. Uh, I don't often quote the Beatles in a sermon, but I'm going to quote John Lennon this morning. John Lennon said, Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And, uh, lo and behold, that's true in my life right now. It pretty explains, much explains where I am in the course of things. I'm gonna be transparent with you this morning. Uh, I'm not on top of my game. I am struggling on a number of fronts. And um, I didn't think it's a good thing to come up here and pretend and say, hey, I'm on the top of my game. I've never been better. It, it's been a difficult thing. I've been on antidepressants for a period of time. and so. Um, I came off of them in December with uh, the guidance of my physician because I wanted to see whether uh, some of those side effects could go away and, and so what I didn't know those of you who may have done that it's not fun coming off of that and so I, I, I had a difficult December and as December was coming to a close I got hit with kidney stones I don't wish them on my enemies, they are not any fun. So I figured, oh, they're going to go by the way in a hurry. Friends they haven't. And so here I am doctoring, I'm back in the hospital tomorrow for another procedure and they're just kind of nagging there and and, and they're not wanting to leave and it's just not a a, a good thing at the moment. So I say to my kidney doctor, I say, listen doc, I I have this tremendous church I'm interim senior pastor at and we, we just can't let these kidneys get in the way. And you know what he says? I mean, imagine what he says to me. He says, too bad, sir. Your health is number one. Hmm. So he says, somebody else can pick up a sermon if they need to or whatever. And so uh, that, that's where things are with that. Well, you know, last Sunday turned out to be one of the most difficult days of my life. Because another thing happened in my own personal experience I've got a strong marriage nothing's wrong there Um, things are going well in my ministry but we got some challenges on the home front right now that we haven't ever had and so God keeps reminding me that there are times that when you're making plans life happens in other realms and that's exactly where I am today and so I don't know what God is up to I'm glad he knows and I'm trusting him at this point I know a dear 88 year old lady she's gonna have her birthday this coming week she'll be 88 and she says you know it's good for all of us to have what she calls a cleansing cry every once in a while I've had a few of those recently and I had one the other day and when it was all said and done then God sent this hymn to me via a radio broadcast and it said trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways God would lead us to that blessed promised land but he guides us with his eye and we'll follow till we die and then we'll understand it better by and by I find myself in a place that I don't understand I mean my nature if you know me I'm type A I want to be out the gate strong I want to be sure things are going well at Old North I want things to go well in my own personal life and everything and then all of a sudden you don't understand what God is doing and you've got to trust him that maybe he has this higher plan than we can see and of course he does so here I am trying to preach what we're calling a vision sermon Uh, wanted to do that January 5 I couldn't do it thought I'd come back last week and preach the vision sermon for the year and, and try to get us all excited about what God wants to do as a church here and it didn't happen last week so I figured okay it's gonna be this week and I go into the hospital again. They say, oh, sorry, but we got to do another thing on you. And, and so they, they kind of put me under and did this lithotripsy and stuff. And I realized I wasn't going to have the ability to get up here and do what I wanted to do on that vision sermon for what we want to see God do this year. So I say, okay, Lord, what do you have in mind? What do you want me to preach on this Sunday? I don't know where you are in 2014. 2014 has not started out well for me. As I survey the landscape of my friends on Facebook and my friends that I know in Erie and here in Canfield area, friends, I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a worse start to 2014 for more people in my life. And if you're in a good place, I am so grateful for that. I'm so thankful because if we were all down at the same time, it wouldn't be good, would it? But some of you are up there, and I wouldn't take one thing away from you. Enjoy that moment. Relish it for everything you've got. But some of you right now are down. There have been some bad things coming to your life. Yesterday I had a funeral for a guy that dropped dead last Sunday. And it was a sad thing yesterday as we had that funeral to realize that life is so fragile and life is so difficult for so many people so God led me to Luke chapter 8 verses 22 to 25 I'm calling it facing the storms of life and if you are in a storm right now if you're in a situation where things are difficult this could be that God wants to speak to you today as he wants to speak to me I'm gonna ask you to stand as I read Luke chapter 8 22 to 25 standing in honor of God's Word as I read a powerful story one day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them let us go across to the other side of the lake so they set out and as they sailed he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger and they went and woke him saying master master we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying one to, to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. You may have a seat very interesting episode in the life of Jesus Christ. He, His disciples are on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. When the storm comes up, they were absolutely terrified. I've been on a boat on that sea nine times. It is an incredible place to be. And every time I've been on that sea, I've recounted this story. I could imagine these high and beckoning waves that could kill you and the Savior there, and he calmed them. Now, the Sea of Galilee is known for its sudden and violent storms. The lake is 13 miles long by 8 miles wide and 686 feet below sea level. And you would look around the landscape and you'd see these valleys and ravines and furrowing hills, and the winds would rush through those ravines and hills like a blender and churn the lake. If you've ever seen the movie White Squall or Perfect Storm, You have some idea about the fear that's involved when the storm like that takes on a boat. Now, if I were a preacher that liked to tickle your ears, I'd find a way to dance around this storm episode today. I'd like to tell you that once you meet Jesus Christ as your Savior, your storms are over. I'd like to tell you it's not God's will for you to be in a storm, so think some happy thoughts. And make the storm go away until the sun comes out. Or I'd like to tell you that, you know, if you're in a storm, it's your fault. You've sinned too much. Or I'd like to say that if you are in a storm, you need to increase your faith. Faith, that is. None of that is true. That's all another gospel. I want to move to the big idea today and tell you the truth. Storms and Jesus go together as part of our true Christian experience now that may not sound like good news to you but that's the truth storms and Jesus go together as part of our Christian experience that's the reality and anybody that would get up and teach you something else is not telling you the full gospel so since Jesus and storms go together in our Christian experience I want us to understand five powerful truths from this storm episode in the life of Christ. And I believe that God wants to speak to us today. Some of you in the storm, he wants you to hear what I have to say. Some of you don't know it, but your storm is coming tomorrow. Or your storm is coming Wednesday. And you need to get ready. And God wants to frame this for you so that you will understand your storm and how Jesus interacts in that storm experience in your life. So here's the first truth. I want you to understand this, and it's so bold, it's so true. Storms are part of the Christian life. Storms are part of the Christian life. Whether we admit it or not, I think all of us expect that somehow, that when we become a Christian, we're going to get a pass. That he's going to say, oh, you know what? Now that you're a Christian, you're not going to have any storms. And you get an exemption, you get a detour around the storm. Storms may come to others, but they're not going to come to you. Storms are coming to others, but they're not going to come to the people of God. You've got an out. That is such a wrong notion. Some preachers have taken to the airways for three generations, and they have told, they've told people that God wants you to be healthy and prosperous, and there should be no storms in your life. That is not true. Just as the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so the storms of life come to believers and unbelievers alike. And storms are no respecter of persons. And Romans 8 talks about the groaning of the universe. We are a storm-infected place in this planet. And so it was an ordinary day for Jesus and his disciples in Galilee when he said to them, Let's go to the other side of the lake. Jesus and his disciples were probably exhausted. Jesus needed rest. He needed sleep. He needed to get away like we do. And so they were under heavy ministry, and they needed a breather. And on the other side of the lake, there were hardly any people, and they could get away. And they could relax a little bit and be alone. But you know, it didn't happen that way. The storm came up, and I think you know how it is. You're working hard during the week, and maybe you've had a hard day, and you came home, you come home, and the one thing you're thinking is, when I get home, I just want to relax. I just want to kick off my shoes. I don't want to have any problems come my way. When I get home, that's my haven, that's my place, and I don't want to be invaded anyway. I don't want phone calls, I don't want problems and everything. So you're going to get home, you're going to the other side. But you drive in the driveway, and you walk through the door, and, and you know immediately something's wrong, and they're not sure that it, they, they want to tell you. Well, the car's been in for a repair. And instead of $300, it's $3,000. And the, the, the hot water heater down the basement, uh, it sprung a leak, and there's water all over the place. And you just got new carpet, and the dog did his business on the carpet, and all this kind of stuff going on. And you thought you could get out of the difficult times and relax, and it didn't happen. A storm came up. And so Jesus and his disciples launch out into the lake. No signs of a storm, and they were expecting calm sailing and a respite, but this terrible storm burst upon them. And as I look at life, I see young people who don't understand that there are going to be storms come to your boat. And so they get in the college boat, they get in the career boat, they get in the marriage boat, they get in the parenting boat. And they're all excited as they get in and all they can see is the calm and the greatness of the ride. But the reality is, nobody ever gets to the other side without a storm. And for many of us, many storms. Now each of us today is in some kind of boat I don't know what kind of boat you are in, but I want you to know that Jesus is in your boat, and Jesus was in this boat, but the thing that I want you to see, it doesn't matter if Jesus is in your boat or not in terms of the storm, it will come, and it's great to have Jesus in the boat, but I want you to understand something this morning that you will never forget. You can't avoid the storms of life even with Jesus in the boat. Do you understand? Do you understand? Let me see okay and I don't want you to be disappointed I don't want you to be swamped when the storm comes that leads me to a second truth that you need to understand and this is really interesting obedience to God can put us in the storm obedience to God can put us in the storm now there's another notion in the Christian community that if you obey the Lord you're not going to have any troubles if you obey the word you have blessing and not difficulty and not adversity wait a minute who came up with the idea to get in the boat who came up with the idea to get to the other side of the lake it was Jesus Getting in the boat was at the request of Jesus, which was the will of God for these disciples. And they did exactly what the Lord told them to do. And guess what? The text says, they ran into terrible storm, verse 23, and a fierce gale wind descended upon the lake. And they began to be swamped and to be in danger. And they were right where Jesus wanted them to be in his will. The story tells us that we can do exactly what God wants us to do and be exactly where God wants us to be and still find ourselves in the storm. Yeah, disobedience can take us to a storm too. But there are many, many people who are incredible Christ followers who are doing everything that God wants them to do in the will of God and they find themselves in the middle of a storm and they're not sure what to do but they know that they are in the will of God and that that storm is not something because they have sinned. The New Testament keeps trying to tell us this. Time and again it says something like 2 Timothy 3.12. All, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 1 Peter 4.12. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that comes among you. Which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Friends, I want you to know something. Once again, we can be in the will of God and in the storm at the same time. And that storm can hit us like a ton of bricks. Think it not strange that we are in this fiery ordeal. God is in control and God has some plans. And if you don't understand that you can be in the will of God and be in the storm at the same time, it's going to take a big toll on you. So I wanted you to understand, first of all, that storms are part of the Christian life. I wanted you to understand, secondly, this truth that you can be in the will of God and still be in a storm. Which leads me to the third truth. The Lord is always present with us in the storm. Now where was the Lord in this storm, in the boat? He was in the boat with the rest of the disciples and he hadn't abandoned them. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was doing something every one of us wishes Jesus wouldn't do in the storm. What was he doing? He was sleeping. I can't imagine sleeping. Let me ask you a question. When storms have invaded your life, have you ever felt like Jesus was sleeping? Everything's falling apart. You're in grave danger. You call out to Jesus. It seems like he's not there, that he's not answering, and you can't find him. He seems so far away. Have you ever felt like you couldn't awaken Jesus in your storm? None of us likes a sleeping Jesus when we're in the storm. The disciples didn't. We don't. But the fact of the matter is, storms are a good time for Jesus to sleep. Storms are a good time for Jesus to sleep. Why? Because in the storm, Jesus is confident of something we tend to forget. When things seem out of control, God is in control. And when you know that God is in control, you can sleep. And Jesus knew that God was in control so he wasn't afraid. Jesus knew that God was in control so he had nothing to worry about. And the storm was not going to derail the plans that God had for his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross. And the disciples should have figured out something that Jesus already knew, which caused him to be able to sleep. That to be where Jesus is, is to be in the safest place. Even when the storm is raging To be where Jesus is Is to be in the safest place Even when the storm is raging And if Jesus can sleep There's nothing to worry about One of my scariest moments happened A number of years ago A couple in our church Decided to go with us to a spiritual life conference In Chicago And so they drove up about 8 o'clock that morning And and, uh, Dave says to me How'd you like to drive my brand new car? And I said, well, you know, it's a brand new car, I don't know if I'd like it, and besides, Dave, it's snowing, look at the weather out there. He says, no, I'd love you to drive it. And this car was cool. It was really decked out. So I said, okay, I'll drive it. And so I'm driving down the road, he says to me, oh, by the way, I just changed insurance, and and I have a, a new agent, he's my friend. He says, don't have an accident. Oh, no pressure. Okay. So we drive out. The snow's getting worse. We get to, sh- to, sh- to Cleveland, and it is really bad. There are trucks and cars all over the place. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. We cross that big S kind of, uh, you know, curves in-, in Cleveland. I get to the other side of Cleveland. And all of a sudden, I lost control of his brand new car. And I'm spinning three times against, across three lanes of traffic in back. And I don't hit a concrete barrier over here. And I don't hit the concrete barrier there. And I don't hit any car. I don't, hear, I don't hit any truck. I had an accident without having an accident. But I looked in the mirror as this thing was going on. And I saw his wife sitting in the back of the car going, oh my gosh, we're going to die. I can see that look on her face. But on David's face was this smile and relaxed calm that I couldn't understand. And once the whole thing was over and we were out of the car, I said, David, you've got to tell me something. Your wife was freaking out, but you were there as relaxed and calm as could be. And I'll never forget what he said to me. This is bad theology, but this is what he said to me. He said, you know, I was with the pastor. And I know that God isn't going to let anything happen to the pastor, so I was going to be all right. Oh, well. See, that's what these disciples should have figured out. If you're with Jesus, even when he's sleeping, you're going to be all right. And that's what these, these disciples didn't learn. You know, the Word of God says that when we know the Lord, that the Lord lives in us. It's no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us. And when we are linked to the Lord... God Almighty is never going to let anything happen to Jesus to destroy him. And if we are with Christ, then we are safe. Even though the storms rage, even though it may hurt. And if the worst thing should happen, if we should lose our life, Jesus will not let us perish. He will take us forward to the other side and we will walk into the eternal dwellings and be in the presence of God. But we will never, ever perish like these people were afraid. These disciples were afraid in the boat. Friends, I want you to have the assurance that no matter how fierce your storm, Jesus is in the boat with you. And even when he seems to be sleeping, there is nothing beyond the sovereign control of God in your life. You are safer in the storm with the sleeping Jesus than in the calm without him. And I want you to know that to the depths of your heart. Well, that still leaves a huge question then why does Jesus sleep in the storm when we're in such agony and distress and looks like we might drown? That leads us to the fourth truth. We need to understand about our storms when we face them. It's in the storm while Jesus is sleeping that we learn something about us. That we learn something about us. And if Jesus is not sleeping, we'll never learn that. So truth number four, is that storms show us the measure of our faith. Now, storms have a way of bringing out the true nature of our trust. These guys were frantic. They had no trust. They were experienced fishermen. They understood boats and storms, and yet they were expecting they might die. And I realize that storms are difficult on human beings. I know that. And it's easy to think that God has lost control and that we're at the mercy of the storm. But this storm had something to say about where the disciples were spiritually. And Jesus put his finger on it immediately. In verse 25, he said, Where's your faith? Where's your faith? My friends, it's the storms of life that show us about our faith, where we are in our faith journey. That word faith used in this fashion basically means a confident trust in God involving his power and will for us beyond what we can what we can see in our adversity. It means that we've learned to lean on the Lord and that we aren't going to be frantic but that he will take care of us to abandon our trust onto him and to realize that we can't control life. He must. Here's the point. Faith is not strong when we can see and manage everything around us. Now, doesn't that kind of speak about where we are? We want to see everything. We want to manage everything. And when we can't, we, we lose it. Faith is tested in the storm. And faith only kicks in when we trust God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves in the storm. Now, storms reveal our strength or our weakness. And I want to give you four signs of weak faith in a storm. Four signs of weak faith in a storm. The disciple had all four of these. The first sign of weak faith in the storm is that we focus on the circumstances and not on Christ. We focus on the circumstances. We look at the storm and and we, 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 we fear about what's going to happen to us and all those kinds of things. But faith focuses on the Lord. And if you have strength, it's not the storm that's the focus. It's the Lord. The second evidence of weak faith is that we experience great fear. We are frightened. We are anxious. We're afraid that the worst could happen. And in faith is the evidence when we're strong there that the worst that could happen to us could be a good thing in God's plan. Number three in weakness is that we're frantic for an exit. We don't like suffering. And we try everything in our our own power to get out of the storm. Faith says we can carry any cross through the power of Christ. Weak faith number four is that we doubt God because he seems silent. Does he care for me? Is he looking out after me? Does he have my best interest in heart? What is going on? We tend to doubt God. Faith has the notion and the reality that God is in complete control and that he's got the whole world in his hands, even the storm my friends, a storm will show us quicker than anything else where our true focus is and how strong our faith is. Unabating fear in the storm is the sure sign that our faith is weak. Which moves me to the last truth and the most important one of all. Storms show us who Jesus is. I want you to get this. Storms show us who Jesus is the disciples woke Jesus and they pled for help verse 24 master master we're perishing Jesus spoke to the storm and immediately calm prevailed talk about power it's amazing how little these disciples knew about the one they had been hanging out with in verse 25 they said "Who who are we dealing with here they didn't know and yet it was the storm It was the storm that helped them to see something they had missed about him. And I want you to know that the same thing is true for us. Please do not miss this. We get our deepest revelations of the Lord in the storm. We get our deepest revelation of who Jesus is in times of difficulty. And we never see God like we need to see him until we go through the storms of life. And storms are good times then to ask ourselves, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Storms are a call for us to get really serious about who Jesus is because we tend to forget who Christ is in calm sailing. It's the storm that brings our attention to Christ and makes us come running to him. It's the storm that puts us in the place where we stop taking ourselves so seriously and God so lightly. Now the Lord did something for the disciples. We all, he'd, we all wish he'd do for us. The danger was brought to his attention and he made the storm go away. How cool is that? Wouldn't that be great? But the reality is, for me and maybe for you, more times than not, Jesus does not calm the storm like that. Because there's a greater thing that he wants to do in the storm than show us his power over a storm. He would rather calm our hearts and show us something about him in the storm than use his power to amaze us, to take away our pain. Because stopping the storm is often our highest priority, but not his. More often than not, he calms the troubled heart, then he calms the storm. And when we come to running to Jesus, it's then that he shows us who he is and what he can do. For you see, my friends, it's in the storm that we see God is our refuge. It's in the storm that we see he's our shield. It's in the storm that we see that he's our strength. It's in the storm that we see he's our hope. It's in the storm that we see he's our provider. It's in the storm that we see that he's our peace. It's in the storm that we see he's our deliverer. It's in the storm that we see we can't save ourselves. It's in the storm that we find out who Jesus is and what he can do in ways that we would never otherwise know. Jesus reveals himself more clearly in the storm than in any other way in life. And so I ask you, Are you in a storm right now? The question should not be, am I perishing? The question for you should be, who then is this? Because Jesus wants to show you who he really is and that he's bigger than any storm that you are facing. And when you learn who he is, the same thing begins to happen to us that began to the disciples in verse 25. It says... They worshipped him. A healthy fear and incredible amazement of the Lord Jesus Christ came upon them and they went from panic to worship. And so can we. And so as I said in the beginning of my sermon today, storms and Jesus go together. And the reason is in the storm that Jesus most clearly reveals himself And that's why the greatest worshipers in the world are those who are properly handling their storms. Now I realize in a room this size, we're in various stages of the Christian voyage. Some of you are just getting in the boat. You're going to go to the other side. And some of you have this great anticipation as you get in the boat. Some of you are already in the boat, and the water is calm, and you're with friends, and Jesus is there, and everything is cool. Some of you are in the boat, and you're in the storm, and you're scared to death. And if that's where you are, you need to lay hold of the truths that I talked about today. And some of you are on the other side. You've been on the boat, and now you're on the other side of the storm, it's passed, and you have this healthy fear and amazement about Jesus, and your faith is stronger, and Jesus is more real to you than ever before. Yeah, storms come to everybody's boat, and we never know when that storm might strike, and I can tell you the most common categories of storms that might strike you just in case you're wondering number one is physical storms can come upon you it's a terrible illness or a handicap of some kind that can come upon you that's a storm number two is a financial storm angst over all kinds of financial difficulties another storm is marital and family storms fierce struggles in getting along with family members or family members going wayward four is career storm stress from your job perhaps even loss of job five are emotional storms where you feel like you've got feeble knees and you're depressed and you're discouraged and you're wounded and you don't know if you can go on number six, emergency storms terrible things come crashing into your life like an accident or a natural disaster or something like that how are you going to face those storms? your storm will never be an exception to what we talked about today, you can either your storm will either do you in or it can lift you up, what will it be? when a storm comes the Eagle knows what to do it'll fly to a high spot and wait for the winds to come and then when the storm hits it sets its wings so the wind will lift it above the storm while the storm rages below the Eagle is soaring above the Eagle doesn't escape the storm it simply uses the storm to let it lift it higher It rises on the winds that bring the storm, and Jesus is the wind that can lift your wings and rise above that storm. He can enable you to ride above the storm when you are feeling sickness and tragedy and failure and disappointment. My friends, it's possible to soar above the storm. How we handle the storm depends how we weather it, and I'm asking you today as I'm asking myself, am I going to be like the eagle you might wonder well do i have other options yes you do you can be a chicken i don't know if you want to be a chicken but you know a chicken is the nickname when you cower in fear and chickens are not made for the storm they weigh too much and they and they're too heavy to fly upward they cannot soar and by the way if you're an eagle don't hang out with the chickens in the storm you're gonna get bruised in the storm really really bad don't let that happen to you you've got to face the storm of life like an eagle and soar friends as I close today I want you to know that I'm not a stranger to storms in fact I'm in a big one right now it's not my marriage as I said it's not my ministry there's just a whirlwind around me so that last Sunday it felt for a while like my boat would capsize in the storm it took everything I had to be an eagle last Sunday And not a chicken Then on Tuesday I lay in this gurney in the hospital I didn't want to go back into this procedure again I had enough of them. I lay there and I'm in this room There's a curtain around me and there's a light above me And I said, Lord, I, I, I want to be like an eagle right now And I began to quote some scriptures About who Jesus Christ is I began to sing a song or two before the Lord. And I felt I connected with him. And I felt even though I didn't want to go through the week, and by the way, yesterday was really bad again. Somehow the Lord gave me the ability to calm my heart and to sail above the storm. I'm not out of the storm yet. I won't be out of the storm for some time. But I know this. I want to be an eagle who in the storm allows Jesus to lift me above the storm so I can soar. It's time for a response. I offer an invitation to those of you who are in the storm right now to come to the front with me for prayer. I want us to be a collection of eagles here today who's saying, yes, we are in the storm and the winds are raging, but we in the power of Christ are going to rise above that and soar and the storms are not going to take us out. And if you're in a storm right now, I want you to join this fraternity of eagles with me right now. You come on down here during this song and then I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for me and the Spirit of God is going to sustain you in the storm. Would you stand? If you want to be an eagle today, you make your way to the front. And let's show the Lord that we can fly and soar through adversity.